0: And it's time for the morning brief. Sabrina Nanji is here from Queens Park Observer. And we should highlight, uh, Sabrina, I've been receiving my Queens Park Observer and enjoying it. And you've been offering um, an enticement to News Talk 1010 listeners to subscribe as well.
1: Yeah, that's right. If you go to qpobserver.ca slash news talk, you'll get 20% off a subscription. Um, I think it's great. All the gossip and fun stuff, everything you need to know about what's happening at Queen's Park. And that's exclusively for news talk listeners. So yeah, take advantage of it.
0: Terrific. Membership has its privileges. So uh, city council passing the budget. Uh, the takeaway here, I think would be, well, I like Ed Keenan's take where he says, how come there wasn't more arguing? We got 9.5% tax increase. And yes, a group of councillors Moved against it, but they lost. Um, The other aspect would be, I have a hard time stomaching conservative councillors who saved the $4 million windrow clearing and then called for the city to find ways to save money. But what's your take?
1: Yeah, I guess um, it could be a lot worse. And I think that's maybe why we're not hearing as much grumbling as we might expect on this. Uh, I think, you know, Olivia Chow had sort of threatened this extra 6% in a property tax increase if the feds didn't pony up more cash. They have. It's nowhere near enough. So I think that this is maybe our best case right now. It's nowhere near enough to get us out of this fiscal mess that the city is in, as Chow has acknowledged. But I do think that you know, something needed to happen. We have these services in the city that just aren't up to par and someone's gotta pay for them. I think what I'm now gonna be keeping an eye on, uh, because I've got my Queen's Park hat on as usual is what's gonna happen with the police budget, because obviously Chow sort of capitulated there. I think that was still a a win for her to, you know, go for that full twenty million dollar increase that the police were demanding, um, and especially, you know, the the time in the city and how people are feeling about public safety, I think that's still, you know, okay for Chow. But she's also said that there's going to be money coming from the feds and the province uh, that's going to help bankroll this police budget. So I'm waiting to see, you know, what comes from the other levels of government, because we know, you know, Toronto's already working on this new funding deal. There's already the upload of the highways. And so I think that, you know, the province in particular is going to have to do some heavy lifting so that the next budget were, you know, not dealing with the same tax increases and, and yeah. with these
0: hits. She's proven to be fairly deft at getting things through council and ultimately getting her way. And I'm not sure if it's her quiet demeanor or it's, it's horse trading, but she seems to get things done.
1: Yeah, I think it's, you know, part of its horse trading Um, and, you know, Doug Ford said Olivia Chow would be an absolute disaster. And now they're patting each other on the back at every press conference. I think she's really done a good job at, um, you know, compromising and, and that's what it takes. I know that, you know, her a lot of her supporters, her strongest supporters were upset that she essentially rolled over on the Ontario place fight. And while the city only had so much leverage, I mean, I think a lot of people would say that was worth it because of the re-uploading of the highways. I will note, though, that this honeymoon phase and this budget is not exactly a good news budget for Chow. Liaison Strategies uh, had a poll out that said her, her honeymoon is essentially over. She's consistently been in the 70s when it comes to approval and now she's down to the 50s. But again, it's still early in her mandate. She could make this up by the time the next election rolls around
0: okay so a new task force the regional board of trade is going to put together i think it's 13 executives and they're going to try and hatch a solution for toronto's congestion woes i you know this is like a committee to discuss a committee um good luck to them god bless but i don't know where this is going to go
1: yeah i'm I'm a little skeptical myself, too. I mean, we're just talking about the budget and, you know, all the problems that Toronto has. Uh, Traffic is is certainly one of them. And I'm hoping that something comes out of this Board of Trade task force. I don't know what exactly it's going to be, but it, it can't hurt right now. I guess we need all the help we can get.
0: Meanwhile, a lawsuit has been launched on behalf of what I have to imagine are a whole bunch of individuals who took part in the convoy protests. lawsuit launched against the federal government claiming damages as a result of the Emergencies Act being thrown out of court by a judge. A lot of people predicted this was going to happen, and here it is.
1: Yeah, I think this was inevitable uh, after that ruling that we had, you know, uh, Uh, about it being unconstitutional and the use of the Emergencies Act. I mean, of course, uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and the Liberals say they're going to appeal this decision. And now we've got another lawsuit. I think everyone kind of wants to move on from this weird freedom convoy period that we had. Uh, I'm Frankly, a little ticked off that this is still costing us more because now this is going to get wrapped up in the courts and uh, the bill for that obviously is going to come on to taxpayers. So I think this is just something that's going to get a lot messier and tangled before we get out of
0: it. But in looking at the brief, Sabrina, the one thing that stands out is they're focusing mostly on the freezing of financial accounts and stuff like that. And I think all of us knew when the Emergencies Act hit. Even if we said it was unnecessary in the first place, that its real point of vulnerability was freezing people's assets.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're right, and I think that's actually going to be kind of fascinating to see how that plays out in court and what you know the the judges say and how they interpret that. Because I think a lot of people felt, even if we weren't you know happy with what was going on with the freedom convoy and these protests, um, I mean you know annoying at best and, and dangerous to some folks, especially in in, in Ottawa. I I think that for a lot of us felt like an overstep from our government, and so I I am curious to see how this plays out legally and what sort of precedent it sets.
0: Yeah, now that we have a pool of identifiable people who are suing the government, I wonder if maybe the people of Ottawa and the Rideau Centre shopping mall could countersue. But listen, uh, one other item here: TDC has launched a campaign. I haven't seen it yet, but um, they're politely telling passengers to shut up. And I thought, okay, so what? Like two months ago you gave everybody internet on the subway and now you're complaining about it
1: <laughs> yeah it it doesn't really seem to track i mean i use my noise cancelling headphones on the subway i i'm a transit girl in the city so i'm not mad about that but is this really the thing that the tcc needs to be focusing on how about a campaign about you know safety i mean a lot of people are still feeling unsafe we saw a lot of those incidents there one thing i really think that toronto should be bringing to transit is something that chicago does and that's banning eating and drinking on the subway trains. I mean, if you're just coming home from work, you're hungry, you're next to someone who's got like a really strong smelling snack or or dinner or something. It's just the worst thing. I think the TTC could be focusing on other campaigns.
0: Well, I also think what a joyless drab experience it has to be to pop open a box of, um, you know, chicken and sit there on the subway and eat it.
1: Unless you're sharing with the rest of us, just don't bring it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Sabrina. Good to have you.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Sabrina and Angie is with Queen's Park Observer. It's a newsletter that she prepares, and as she says, it covers the gamut of uh, comings and goings at Queen's Park. So you'll have a better understanding of the political aspects, of the legislative aspects, but also just what people are talking about in the corridors of Queen's Park and maybe we'll talk about this later. I mean, it's certainly on the agenda, the business of uh, noisy people on the TTC, but I have to say something that drives me crazy. Even if you're on the sidewalk walking, can you use headsets when you're FaceTiming with somebody? I don't want to listen to that conversation.